90% of sellers or owners out there have a sub 5% interest rate, they aren't really excited about moving. They're not excited about giving up their, you know, maybe a 4% interest to go and get an 8% interest to try to get a bigger house. You know, it's kind of killed the step up market. It's killed the luxury or not killed, but it's slowed them down for people trying to move just for a, you know, a desire. Welcome, everyone, to the Stealth Wealth Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Ben Roden. Hey, how's it going, Alex? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about the market today. We haven't done a market update or shared our opinions on the market yet um, in this podcast series. And so we're going to kind of just do a brief recap of what we've seen so far year to date in the market. There's been quite, it's been quite a roller coaster um, this year in terms of what is happening in real estate. And we're seeing a lot more activity now than we did at the beginning of the year, but we're also seeing craziness in the interest rate market. So I think it'll be a good episode for us to bounce back and forth on how we're handling this market, what we're seeing with some of our investor clients, and um, just kind of shoot the breeze about the struggles of real estate, man. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah, to kind of echo that, I mean, this this is we're going to try to make this a regular on the show kind of every month, just kind of giving uh, everybody an update as far as, you know, what we're seeing in the market because we are, you know, your boots on the ground here in Denver. So we're very tied into everything from the finance market to the interest rate market to the actual sales market around here. Um, definitely if you're not in Denver and you still listen to our podcast, I mean, this might not be the most entertaining show, but, um, you know, a lot of the stuff kind of recaps between national and local as well. So, you know, it's still always good to listen in. Um, but yeah, let's take it away. So yeah, Alex, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what the heck we've been seeing as far as the lending market for, yeah, the last year, what's been going on? Yeah, so we have seen massive inflation in the United States. Last year, we are up to a little over 8% inflation rate. And that was really scary for the Federal Reserve because once things start to inflate and it starts to be money starts to lose its value, then people can't really afford to live. And so their whole battle has been to fight the inflation rate over the last year. So that's what we've been dealing with is these massive rate hikes. Um, the Fed has done multiple quarter percent increases in the Fed fund rate, a couple of half percent raises in the Fed rate, and even one 0.75% increase in the Fed fund rate. So they've really been trying to combat inflation by raising uh, interest rates and trying to slow down the spending in the United States. And I don't know about you, Ben, but personally, I feel like it has not helped me with my spending in the last year. <laughs> I bought a house, I bought a car, I bought furniture, and I still go out and eat food. And every time I do, it hurts, 
but I'm still spending money. And it's really, really hard right now because everything does feel more expensive, especially when it comes to the housing market. Um, and so we've seen interest rates last year at the beginning of the year in 2022, rates were sitting right around 3.25. And by June of last year, they were up to like four and a half, five percent And then by the end of the year, um, well, and then by third quarter of the year, we were at like 7%. We saw a dip in the interest rates where they were down to like 6% uh, in December. And that was kind of, I think, just with the seasonality of the real estate market, things started to slow down. People weren't spending as much after Christmas and everything. And now we're starting to see rates go back up. They've been pretty consistently at the 7% mark for the last three months. And it has made the affordability for monthly payments for home buyers very, very costly. And it, it's tough for buyers to get qualified for houses in the Denver area. And you know, I think that really transitions well as to like what you're seeing over the last year with uh, appreciation in the market and what, what is happening with houses. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So, I mean, in general, the real estate sales market has kind of echoed in most of the way that people would kind of uh, expect to happen during these interest rate hikes. So our our peak after COVID. So as we all know, COVID kind of brought on this huge wave of just extreme appreciation in the Denver market and nationwide. Um, I mean, Denver, I think, went 20% and greater in a 14-month span. Um, mm -hmm. But basically on June was kind of our peak. And then since then, it was kind of teetering down uh, through the end of 2022, which is kind of what we were expecting. Um, personally, in my opinion, I didn't attribute all of it to just the interest rate hikes. I think it was a numerous amount of different factors that kind of just gave buyers and sellers kind of a, hey, let's put things on pause. Let's wait out, see what happens. Um, reality check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, your your rate goes within a month's time, it doubles basically or so. Um, you know, that's a big hit for you. But then again, you know, we're also in Colorado, so we are a seasonal market. So kind of moving into the school year and then moving into the uh, season of, uh, or moving into winter, we do usually see a drop in activity anyway. So that's kind of what I was attributing it to. Then we also had the, you know, fears of a recession. We had the interest rate hikes. Everything just kind of made a perfect storm for things to calm down. Um, so over that period, up until basically the new year of 2023, we did see the the property prices kind of starting to come back down, which gave a lot of people hope that, hey, things are going to calm down. Prices are coming down. Um, a lot of people also feared that it was going to be a crash. But there was a reversal, just like you saw in the interest rate market on basically January 1st, everybody kind of started coming back into the market because rates had come down. And we typically do see that coming into our spring market anyway, that things do start heating up. People are back after the holidays. The temperatures are warming up. People are wanting to get back out there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, since the start of the year, I mean, it's been kind of back to business as normal in the sales market. So buyers are back into the market. Um, we have been while since the peak and since last year, we are 
technically um, negative year over year as far as prices go. Um, I actually just pulled up the the D, the latest DMAR stats, and for the month of May, year over year, we're at about a two percent decrease in prices. So yes, prices have come down since last year, but you know you got to kind of look at the bigger picture. And two percent a not a big dip, but you've also got to realize, hey, we were coming into the peak, and now we're coming up on the year mark of the peak. So it's expected that they're going to be down, um, but month over month, we are appreciating again. So we're doing about 2.6% over last month. So (laughs) that was my next question was like, what are you seeing the differences from last month to this month? Because the activity for buyers with the buyers that I've been working with has been pretty tough. Like there are buyers out there that are getting outbid. We're starting to see these bidding wars coming back. And it's kind of, you know, the wild, wild west out here when interest mm-hmm. rates are still pretty stable and pretty high and buyers are still offering over asking prices on purchases um so that's interesting to hear that month over month we are in an appreciating market but that is one of the biggest advantages yeah. i think about investing in denver is that it is an appreciation market and you're going to see your investment grow over more time you you might see a dip like we did during the winter time last year but if you hold on to that asset for long enough you're going to see appreciation kind of ride mm-hmm. that out and build equity and build your wealth yeah i mean that's exactly kind of what i'm informing most of my buyers for right now and you know really anybody who's trying to get into this market because i mean yeah affordability is a huge aspect of it I mean, people have seen there. I mean, I've got buyers that I've worked with since, you know, last year, even further back than that. And, you know, they took their pre-approval from, you know, maybe I would say like 600K and it bumped it all the way down to like 400. I mean, that's a huge hit to take. Um, and, you know, here in Denver, the difference between a $400,000 purchase and a $600,000 purchase is the difference between a condo and a townhome and a single family. Um, so it's made it really tough and it's scared a lot of people, but I mean, just as you said, we are seeing a very, I mean, I keep kind of referring it to a very like, um, confused market because I mean, everybody's kind of expecting, oh, interest rates are high. You know, we have fears of a recession. We have everything like this. So nobody should be buying, nobody should be out there. But then on the other hand, yeah, we are getting multiple bids on properties. I mean, I've got clients who are going, you know, well above asking with wave contingencies or very easy contingencies. Um, And, you know, they're still able to afford it. And then, you know, we will see properties that are sitting on the market um, Mm -hmm. is kind of the other side of it. So we do, you know, what I usually say is if a property is, you know, attractive, it's marketed well, it's priced right it will be gone in a weekend and it will most likely have multiple offers. But the Mm -hmm. properties that maybe are still clinging on to last year or have already been sitting for a while or maybe need some work or, you know, aren't in the best location, those ones are going to be sitting for a little bit longer because buyers aren't as, you know, just rushed and um, needing to get into a property at this point. It's not the frenzy of COVID. But Mm -hmm. when they see something that they like, they do understand that they have to move on it because everybody else will. Mm -hmm. 
And the the kind of word that I keep hearing over and over again is is the problem with our inventory. Can you can you speak to that a little bit, Ben? I don't know if there's DMAR stats on inventory from last year compared to this year, but um, I know that inventory is still very low in Colorado, and that's what's leading to a lot of the chaos of buyers yeah. having to go over. But the affordability problem is what, like you said, certain houses aren't priced right. Those ones are going to sit. And so there's still some deals out there to be had. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely I can speak to that. So it's uh, there's a lot of things that kind of go into the whole inventory um, sector. But just to give kind of a quick overview of it and kind of seeing where we are currently, um, at least here for the you know month of May, because everything is retroactive. So we're looking at May stats here in uh, June. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the month of May of this year, we are sitting at about 5,000 or so active listings at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, yeah, there are 5,000 active listings out on the market. Mm-hmm. Just to give a, yep. And so to give a comparison on that, I mean, we are year over year growth. So from last year, which COVID kind of had a, another notorious low inventory stat, um, but we were about 3,600 at that point. So we have gained about 2000 since last year. That is, you know, that sounds promising. We've got good amount of inventory out there, or, you know, we are increasing, um, but it doesn't really tell the whole picture because our average um, listings at the end of the of May for the last, uh, I believe it's about the last 30 or 40 years has been 15,000. Huh. So we are at about a third of our average listings at the end of the month. So yes, and that's been an and that's been an issue for the last decade, basically since two thousand and eight. We've we've always known that we've been in a housing deficit and a listing deficit in general because a there's not the construction that there used to be, um, and now especially what happens with high interest rates is all of these uh, sellers that have you know a sub five percent interest rate, which I believe is like. 90% of sellers or owners out there have a sub 5% interest rate. They aren't really excited about moving. They're not excited about giving up their, you know, maybe a 4% interest to go and get an 8% interest to try to get a bigger house. You know, it's kind of killed the step up market. It's killed the luxury realm or not killed, but it slowed them down for people trying to move just for a, you know, a desire. Yes, we're still seeing, you know, relocators, we're seeing people who have to move for other reasons, you know, downsizing and whatever it is, but it just doesn't make much sense. So in that way, I personally think that we're going to keep seeing these low inventories, even through the summer, we'll probably see our usual kind of increase in summer listings because we always do. Um, But overall, I think we're still going to stay at a very low uh, inventory in general. Mm-hmm. just because of that fact, because people aren't moving because they want to. One of the hardest things for me to rationalize right now, and this is just purely based off of the loan programs that I know that are available, the interest rates that people have access to, but the people that actually have the biggest advantage in this market is first-time home buyers. 
And you wouldn't think that that would make sense since our biggest issue right now is affordability and low inventory. But a lot of loan programs actually give preference to first-time home buyers. That was a lot of the changes that we've seen in the interest rate market is Fannie mm -hmm. and Freddie Mac making adjustments so that people that have less down payment, people that have you know higher debt to income ratios or not as strong of credit actually have access to programs where their rates aren't getting adjusted up as much. And so right now when it comes to real estate investing, it's those first-time home buyers that are able and willing to think about house hacking that have the biggest advantage. And there's one program specifically that the interest rates are like a percent lower than standard conventional loans. And that's the home ready and home possible program. If you qualify for this program, which is an income restricted program, you have to make less than 80% of the median income of the area. I believe the median income for Denver is 94,000. So if you're making less than that mm -hmm. and you qualify for this program and you have access to interest rates that are a percent lower, then the issue though is that you're qualifying for a home that's 400,000 and the payment is still like it's maxing out your DTI and it's going to be tough. Yeah. To, you know, you're going to have to budget to get there. But those those people are the people that I see that have the advantage in this because they can they have some solutions to fight that unaffordability of the market right now. Yeah. And I think that's a huge factor there. I mean, going off of that program and, you know, just what we're kind of seeing in the market and what's kind of working. I mean, honestly, this is, you know, one of the best times to house hack in my personal opinion, um, just because of that affordability aspect, you know, yes, if you're buying say a $500,000 house here in Denver right now, I mean, what your average mortgage payment's going to be th roughly around three hundred or three thousand bucks a month or so. Um, probably plus. There. If it's five hundred thousand, yeah. you're probably looking at like thirty five hundred a month for a five hundred. Okay, so yeah, let's say thirty five hundred. Um, I mean, stomach and five hundred thousand. I mean, that's a that's like Harder. a normal house. Yeah, that's yeah. like a the lower end of a normal house here in Denver. Um, yep. I mean, shoot, I've got our, our stats here. So for D the Denver metro area, which includes like six counties, um, our average sales price in May was just under $700,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, yes, that's fluctuated between a lot of different properties, but you know, what we usually say is 500, 600,000 is going to give you a, get you like a decent property in the Denver metro area right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at $500,000 house, you're paying 3,500 or 3,500 bucks a month for the mortgage payment. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow even for, you know, high, I guess, high income people. I mean, right. nobody wants to do that. I mean, just for, uh, for sake of comparison, I bought the, uh, our current house hack that we're sitting in right now at just under 700 K back two years ago. And our mortgage payment is 3000. So yeah. it's, it's a huge difference. Um, but I mean, the best way to hundred thousand dollars in purchasing power, just because of 2% yeah. rate or no, it was double of the, your interest rate. You're probably in the threes. Yeah. Um, maybe even the two, <laughs> yeah, even the high twos. And yeah. now we're sitting at around 7% and it just really makes it tough for people to buy out there. 
But what I keep telling buyers is, you know, and a lot of my buyers are in positions where they're doing month to month leases. And I've had so many buyers just kind of fall off the fence because they're scared to take the jump into real estate. And Mm -hmm. I don't blame them. Like it is scary to digest that you're going to have an over $3,000 monthly mortgage payment. And like people will always say that, you know, don't rent because you're throwing your money away and it's better to get a mortgage and pay that off and build equity over time. But right now rents are significantly lower than mortgages. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then you're probably going to fall off the fence. But for those buyers that are ready to take the leap of faith in themselves, it's the time to do it now. Like you are going to start building that equity. You're going to start um, learning what it means to have home ownership um, and having an asset that you can leverage to make money in the future. And if you don't get it now, like Ben said at the beginning of the podcast, we're starting to see appreciation come back in the Colorado market. And I believe that Colorado is a market that will continue to appreciate because it is a place that people want to live. So if you're ready to get into a house, it might suck for a little bit to have that payment. But what we're hearing in the interest rate market is that in about this time next year, we're going to start to see those rates come down and plateau closer to that five to 6% range, which is a more normal interest rate in a normal market. We're not going to get back down to COVID 2.8 bullshit that Ben got, but yeah, um, no, I mean, they were never supposed to exist in the first place, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, everybody who bought during that time is very happy for it. And I mean, it's become a whole new kind of asset type at this point is, you know, assuming these, you know, low interest rate mortgages, if they are a VA loan or an FHA loan, or even if you want to get get even more creative and do a subject to deal on these properties, I mean, people are willing to pay a premium because you have that low interest rate loan. Because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's as we've, we've mentioned, it is such a big difference between what you're you're paying now versus what you paid two years ago. Um, but kind of going back to what you were saying with, you know, hey, interest rates will eventually come down. You know, yes, it's going to suck for right now, but that's why house hacking is such a powerful vehicle because you really do, it, you know, yes, right now it's not about cash flowing. You know, the the glory days of, oh, I'm living for free and I'm making 800 bucks a month because I'm renting a couple of rooms in my house is are gone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is still possible to live for free and completely cover your um, your living expenses, but it is tougher. But really, it's about minimizing your your output every month on your housing expense. It's not about living for free house hacking. It's about putting more money back into your pocket and your savings. And so, yeah, if you have a $3,500 bucks a month mortgage payment, if you are able to just say rent two rooms, I mean, the average rent for a room in Denver is probably around 800 bucks now a month. So if you rent two rooms, you're bumping off 1600 bucks for your mortgage and all you're doing is sharing, you know, your house with two other people. It's not, you know, it's these kinds of things that makes it more attainable for you. And as Alex mentioned, yeah, now you're sitting, you're getting the appreciation, you're paying down that loan, you're at least putting your money towards something versus just renting and you've made it attainable for yourself 
And then when rates do come down, you eventually refinance it, you get into a lower interest rate, and you are the one who got to take advantage of all that upside. Because as we saw in COVID, like when the times are good and when everybody else wants to buy, that makes it even more competitive because yeah, everybody's out there. Everybody likes the interest rates. Everybody feels confident about the housing market. You, the winners or the people who succeed are the ones who are in it before that happens and are able to take advantage of that upside because mm -hmm. sure the rates might come down to five, you know, you might be able to get a more attractive interest rate then and pay, you know, and feel comfortable with your housing payment, but you're, gonna be overpaying for the property just like we saw in covid mm -hmm. so you know it's always different aspects of everything that you've got to look at but at the end of the day real estate's gonna win in the long term yeah i agree and i will say speaking on house hacking and my current house hack you know i got in my mortgage payment on my five hundred and fifty thousand dollar house is thirty six hundred and that is a tough pill to swallow and I just signed a third lease for my house. So I'm living with three other people and I'm covering three quarters of my mortgage by renting it out. And that's a huge win. Like even, even yeah. when I started, I had two roommates and I was paying $2,000 a month towards my mortgage. And that was kind of painful for me, um, especially with the slowdown in business, given that buyers aren't going under contract as quickly, a lot of people are falling off. So I'm seeing my savings start to dwindle. And so if mm -hmm. you're able to come up with creative ways to mitigate your expenses, like that's what you should be doing in this, in this market, not thinking, oh, I want to get this perfect house that is going to be my forever home. Like be realistic. The average person moves every seven years. Are you really going to stay in the same place for the next 30 years? Probably not. So locking something down and mitigating the expense of it is the smartest thing that you can do in this market. Um, and yeah. then transitioning into kind of what we're seeing with interest rates today, we actually had the Fed fund meeting and they skipped a rate hike. They've been hiking the rates consistently every month for the last year and a half nearly um, since March of last year. And mm -hmm. today was uh, a day that they decided to skip the interest rate hike and they are going to monitor and see what happens. So we're gonna see interest rates plateau a little bit this month and we've seen inflation decrease from 8% last year down to we're now at 4%. And the target of the, the feds is that they want to be at 2% inflation. And so they're going to do everything in their power to maintain that and achieve that with stability. And so we're seeing a pause in the interest rate hikes. Um, we're seeing low unemployment. We're seeing that the economy is still an active economy and it's promising to see that we're going to see a little bit of stabilization now, which I think is uh, foreshadowing for rates coming down in the near future. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty significant news because I can't remember. I mean, it's basically been since probably last year since they've not done a rate hike <laughs> every month. So, I mean, yeah, that's a big one. And I think that that will kind of trigger and, you know, from my perspective, I'm I'm assuming that that will kind of start triggering some buyer activity 
in general because it will make people feel more confident in the you know economy and kind of what they're looking at as far it's as their that, interest rate. It's always that delayed effect of yeah. um, something is announced with the feds and we don't see it actually hit the current buyer pool until about a month later so this month mm -hmm. they're going to pause the rates which means next month hopefully we'll see an uptick in buyer activity and then yeah. once we see an uptick in buyer activity the feds are going to be like oh no inflation and then they're going <laughs> to increase the rates that's just how it goes it's just going to everybody says it's going to get a worse before it gets better and i think that's just the reality of 2023 is it's going to still be unaffordable it's going to be tough but that affordability will come back down here in the next yeah. year yeah, I mean, affordability is going to be an issue for the long term, which is why, you know, whatever you can do to minimize your, you know, pain there is doable. Um, and I mean, I'm advising a lot of my buyers right now to, you know, even if they are, you know, they did take a hit on their qualification, and they may not be as qualified as they were hoping for, you know, maybe they are just looking at a townhome or a condo. I mean, maybe it's not their ideal situation, maybe not you know, the perfect thing that they want to be in, but it's, you know, it's getting in and it's getting into the market. I mean, mm -hmm. I know people who started with condos and townhomes quite a few years back and they're in great spots now because yeah, that one little townhome, you know, started off their career and that thing appreciated. They paid down that loan. I mean, everybody has to start somewhere. You can't always start with the, you know, the end in, or the end goal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Real estate's but, a long game. It's not a get rich quick scheme. I think we've yeah. definitely we've definitely said that multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. No, the 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 I mean, even during COVID and everything, I mean the the days or the theories of oh, buy one short-term rental and retire on that, you'll be fine, um, are really gone. And I mean they rarely ever existed anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, as far as the, since we keep hitting the target on, you know, affordability, um, what are you kind of advising people right now or what kind of, um, you know, things can you do as far as the financing in order to, you know, maybe minimize that pain for buyers? So first off, I am, uh, one of the biggest things that I do is working with, preferred agents like Ben. And when I'm working with clients that are working with Ben, I write off the bat and giving them a discount because I know that they have an investment mindset that they're trying to do something good. And so I'm trying to get them, make it so it's as comfortable as I possibly can make it with the higher interest rates. I'm also advising clients that they need to be talking to their real estate agent about getting seller concessions. That is still something that I'm preaching. And it, it's a little tougher now to get those seller concessions. Um, but if you're looking at properties that have been sitting on the market rather than you know hot properties that every buyer, every other buyer wants to put an offer on, you can look at those ones that have been sitting for 20, 30 days. You're a lot more likely to get those seller concessions and with those seller concessions, you can buy down your interest rate and make the, the payment way more affordable. Um, so that would be like the biggest thing that buyers can do. Other kind of strategies are to um, rather, let's say you have a buyer that's putting 10% down on a primary conventional loan, rather than putting that full 10% down to have a lower loan amount, 
using some of that down payment to buy down the interest rate is going to have a bigger effect on your monthly payment than your loan amount is. And so kind of the rule of thumb right now is like every single $5,000 additional that you're putting down on a house, your monthly payment goes down by $35. Whereas if you're dropping your interest rate by a quarter percent or half a percent, you're going to see $60, $70 decrease in your monthly payment. So it has a bigger impact depending on your loan amount um, than putting more money down. And so just kind of giving all the buyers all of the different options, comparing the numbers of what is a 6.75% interest rate do that um, a 7.125 doesn't do and will how much cash to close and really comparing those and making sure that buyers understand and are making informed decisions when they are finalizing their financing with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's always been something that I that I work with clients on as well, um, because everybody, you know, is thinking, oh, well, I need to get it for a lower price. So I need to get it for a lower price, you know, and I've always used that exact same example that you kind of just reiterated. I'm like, you know, hey, it's much more beneficial to you to get the seller concessions versus trying to do a price drop to try to match what you want to do there. And mm-hmm. it's a win-win because if you go to the seller and say, Hey, can we have a 20 grand you know, price reduction or we're going to offer 20 grand below what you're wanting, that's going to be less likely to be accepted than, Hey, we're going to give you your asking price, but we just want five grand back in concessions. You know, mm-hmm. that's a lot. It's a win-win for everybody. Um, but everybody's, you know, buyers coming into the market who may not have experienced, you know, anything in the market in general, you know, they don't know the process. They just think, oh, well, I need to get it for a lower price. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. also been preached a lot is, hey, buy it under value, buy it under market value, buy it, you know, at a discount, you know, all of these things. But there's ways of, you know, doing it. And at the end of the day, if you're planning on keeping this thing five, 10, 20 years or whatever, you're really never going to think about what you paid for it. But if you mm-hmm. got five grand in concessions that made your cash flow, you know, an extra hundred bucks a month or whatever it is, you know, that's going to be, you know, much more beneficial to you in the short term and in the long term. I definitely agree with you. And then Ben, what about you? What are you, how are you coaching your buyers when they're going out and seeing houses? Are you putting them in front of houses that have been sitting or are you showing them the ones that have been just listed and how are you coaching them in this kind of crazy market that we're in what what is your best advice for buyers right now yeah so i mean definitely it depends on kind of what buyer pool i'm working with at the time it's going to be different from you know homeowners and house hackers than it's going to be for investors but in general what i tell people is basically what we've reiterated here is yeah the if you're if you're gonna go after the shiny object the shiny property that just got listed that's beautiful renovated everything like this be ready to compete on it if you want a deal and you might want you know might be able to get those concessions or might be able to get those uh, price drops then definitely you know think about looking at the ones that are that have been sitting or things that just came back on the market or just came back you know from being withdrawn or something like that because whatever you can do to have a seller that is more willing to make a deal happen 
the guy who just listed his house this week is not willing to you know negotiate he's not willing to make a deal um and that's the same that i coach my sellers whenever i have a listing is you know hey in the first week don't do anything like things are taking a little bit longer don't freak out because you don't get an offer in the first weekend mm-hmm. but you know the guy whose house has been sitting for maybe even three months or something like that or 30 days they're starting to get nervous hey why isn't my house selling what is my agent not doing what is going on with my property my neighbor's house just sold and it sold in the first weekend what's wrong with my house those are the ones that are going to be willing to negotiate so that's kind of where i'm steering people mm-hmm. now yes sometimes these properties have been sitting for a reason um or the sellers are just unwilling to move and they really just listed because their agent said oh yeah i can get you you know that price and they said mm-hmm. cool if you can get me that price i'll sell it but um but if they have been sitting or they just came back on the market especially those ones those can typically be picked up pretty quick and get some you know concessions or price drop or whatever so yeah that's what's going on in the denver market right now we're seeing it's pretty crazy out there the deals that i've been working on they're tougher deals uh we're having to get creative with financing finding solutions for buyers that uh, are having a hard time qualifying we're having to look into uh, i've seen a lot more fha loans coming up because they're more affordable and so that's what we're trying to do is fight the affordability problem that we see in the denver metro area and if you're a person thinking about buying in the denver market making make sure that you're talking to a professional that has that affordability on the top of their mind and is going to fight for you to make it as affordable as possible to make it so that you're not uncomfortable in the home that you are buying uh ben any last remarks about the current denver market that you want to leave our listeners with no i mean really you kind of hit the uh hammer no hit what (laughs) (laughs) what's that say (laughs) nail on the head nail on the head that's what it is okay i'll I'll start that back (laughs) uh no i mean you definitely hit the nail on the head there with kind of the recap there i mean really i'm trying to keep you know, buyers as calm as possible because it is kind of a very strange time where it's very competitive and very unaffordable in general. Um, So really, it's just kind of keeping a level head, knowing what your goals are, knowing what you're looking for. And when it does come up, you know, taking that action is very key. Um, And then, you know, really just focusing on the long term. I mean, it goes back to the saying that every realtor and mortgage professional loves to say is, you know, uh, marry the house, date the rate kind of thing. Um, So, you know, yeah, interest rates will eventually come down. Just buy that appreciating asset, get into the market, you know, get in. Don't sit on the sidelines because once it does start easing up, everybody else who's sitting on the sidelines is going to jump in again. Well, thank you all very much for listening. This has been the Stealth Wealth Podcast. I am your co-host, Alex Turner, and our other co-host, Ben Roden. We really appreciate you staying tuned, and please stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, thank you, everybody, and catch you on the flip side. 
Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Stealth Wealth Podcast. You can find out more information in the show notes as well as find our contact information. Please feel free to reach out to either Ben or myself and let us know what you want to hear on future episodes. As always, your continued support is much appreciated. So please leave us a review and hit that notification button to hear our next episode.